welcome to the 12th episode of Tokyo Alumni Podcast. Today, our guest graduated St. Mary's and he attended University of Southern California, where he earned a bachelor's in business administration and majored in marketing and management consulting. Upon graduation, he returned to Tokyo to start his own career at Deloitte Tomatsu Consulting as a business consultant. After several years of experience working in the consulting industry, he worked at Gree, a mobile gaming company where he focused mainly on corporate strategy and new business development. In 2014, he co-founded One Drops Inc., a company that specializes in global talent development and communication training service targeted towards aspiring global individuals, professionals, companies, and organizations in the Japanese market. As COO, he mainly looks over business acquisitions, business operations, and human resource matters. On his days off, you can find him either at the gym, on the golf course, on snowy mountains, or in the kitchen. Uh, thank you for joining us, Alex. All right. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. So it is nice seeing you again. It's, it's been a few years, or not really. It's been about a year. And um, yeah, today- Since your wedding? Yeah, since my wedding. Yeah, it's been a, almost a year. Actually, I, sh I should remember that, my wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> uh, the last guy actually was also a consultant. You are um, COO now, but prior to that, we're, we're in consulting. Uh, so I think primarily the focus of today is going to be about you starting your own business. I think a lot of people have an mm -hmm. interest in you know, starting their own projects, doing their own things, especially in Japan, where you know, in the words of uh, Jeffrey O'Hara, who was in episode one, uh, there's no saturation in any market, according to him. Uh, I don't know where our studies are from, but according to him, it, the, the, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity, basically. So um, right, I think right, there are right. a lot of people uh, very interested in you know, getting know-how from you, who've, who's been very successful as both a consultant and as a business owner at a very young age, albeit we're, we're the same age. Maybe I'm just telling myself that. Um, so um, I just want to jump right into it. Um, you are at okay. Deloitte. What gave you sort of the inspiration to make that first step towards going, all right, I don't need a boss anymore. I want to be my own boss. So um, honestly speaking, um, even though I started my career in consulting, I don't think I've ever really imagined being in consulting. I think um, how I ended up there, I think as an international school kid or right, growing up in Japan, going to schools like ASIJ, international schools, generally people go to these Boston career fairs and whatnot, right? Uh, trying to look for decent careers that pays well, right? And that's what we're basically looking for. A lot of times people just straight go into uh, finance, um, banking, that's where the money's at. But unfortunately for me, numbers, finance, money wasn't my thing. And I was just trying to look for another option, which just happened to be uh, management consulting, which pay wasn't as bad, but also gave me the opportunity to kind of work with a lot of businesses. And I think that's exactly what I was looking for when I kind of thought back, um, I always wanted to do my own thing um, right out of college, but it's more like that I didn't have the courage um, to do that right out of college. I felt like I needed the experience. Um, as an international school kid, I didn't think my Japanese was perfect, so I was a bit worried about that. And all these things um, kind of gave me the excuse to kind of work in the industry side a bit. And then when I felt ready, kind of jump into my own business. So that kind of took basically, so I started my business in 2014 when I was, I think back then I was 28. So I've been working um, roughly over six years, I think, after graduation. So yeah, that's kind of the reason why 
I took those steps in starting. So you were working for six years and then you decided to start your own business. A question I would have is, did you feel like six years was enough? Do you wish like you maybe stayed in um, whatever industry you were in longer and sort of, you know, as they say in Japanese, like shugyo or maybe the vice versa, where you, once you started one drop, were you like, I should have started this right away? And um, yeah, that's a good question. And I don't think there's ever a point where you feel ready enough or not. I think it's just about making the first step. I, I think there's a lot of skills necessary to kind of run your own business and everything. But I think what's most important is the courage and kind of the drive to do things. And I think as long as you have those, you can make something work as long as you aren't, right? Doing anything dumb or anything, or if you have a good idea or a business. So yeah, did I feel ready to start my own business? I, I'm actually not sure. Um, I probably had a lot of maybe skepticisms. I wouldn't say doubts, but um, it's more like see what happens. And if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, I'm probably going to learn more out of it anyways. So that's basically how I felt when I started. It's a very modest answer of you um, that, you know, there's, there's no, <laughs> maybe you, you weren't sure, but that, that, that's, mm-hmm. very, that's really intriguing to me. Six years of working and then starting your own business. Um, and when you started your business, another sort of question pertaining entrepreneurship, your mm-hmm. official title is COO. So when you started this company, how many people started it? And how did you guys decide, like, you're the CEO, you're the CFO or CEO? Mm-hmm. What was that process like? Right. So that's a good question, too. My other co-founder, right, who is the CEO, I'm actually used to be my boss um, during my times at Gree. And uh, he was also an ex-consultant who used to work at Accenture. And um, I was from Deloitte. And we were both from the corporate, and the corporate strategy team back then. So we basically worked like 14 hours, 15 hours every day together in a very packed room. And yeah, we were just close and we both wanted to do something, right? Um, As in like a business. And back then, I honestly didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do yet. Um, I was also considering uh, going to an, getting an MBA, basically. So I was kind of thinking about what my next career steps were going to be. And at the point, it was either going to be to do my own thing or go to an MBA. I was actually taking MBA prep courses, right, for GMATs and everything. Um, but um, one day, so the CEO comes up to me and say, hey, uh, I'm thinking of this, uh, doing this business, which is kind of in kind of communication education, right? And uh, yeah, and I think his idea was pretty good. Um, I was sold and I just basically right took the ride wow so so it was his brainchild and you were sort of the first one of the first recruits onto this team Mm -hmm. and was this a small team Mm -hmm. like a small a team of three four people or a team of ten people yeah to begin with it was a team of three um it was me um the ceo and uh, we also had an engineer um who worked with the ceo um for a bit um so it was just the three of us to begin with yeah. And uh, just for reference right now, we are a team of about 20 or so, including uh, part-timers. So, yeah. We mentioned earlier MBA, and I don't mean to deviate from the topic at hand, but recently I was reading something about Elon Musk was saying, you know, you don't need a college degree. And I was like, oh man, like, why did I go to college? But then I realized, okay, well, you know, I don't think Tesla is interested in hiring me because I don't have the know-how or skill sets. But um mm-hmm. 
regarding the MBA, I, I know recently we're, we're seeing a continual increase in trend. Um, do you mm -hmm. consider going back to school for an MBA or are you kind of like, that's not really needed anymore in the current landscape? So given my background um, in consulting and whatnot, I, I think there's less benefits for me uh, to get an MBA degree uh, because I feel like I've learned a lot of the practical things through the job um, that I would learn in an MBA. Um, obviously, there would be benefits of me making connections with right people all over the world and whatnot. Uh, but honestly speaking, given my age right now at 34, um, I think it's very unlikely that I'd get an MBA. Um, but maybe in the future, I would be interested in kind of taking a master's in maybe psychology or something in that field, um, kind of in relation to what I do for my business right now in education. When you guys um, run your business now, I know recently with COVID, there's sort of this movement away from offices. Do you guys work from an office or is there talk about going office lists, which seems to be a, a trend we currently see? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, just to give you a quick background of what we do in our business. Um, so overall, so we are a, I would say, so first of all, we run a school um, for business professionals uh, where we teach communication in English. So I think this is kind of um, similar or I would compare it to somewhere in between, let's say, a normal Akaiwa and a communications course at an MBA. So we do teach English to a lot of uh, business professionals, but at the same time, uh, we are teaching a lot of communication techniques um, and whatnot, which I think is a new area of business. So that's what we do, and also a lot of corporate trainings. So in terms of, uh, back to your question regarding uh, how we manage our operations during this COVID situations, since April, we've um, fully transferred our business operations to uh, an online platform, basically Zoom. So yes, I've been working from home, um, executing workshops, uh, doing lessons and coaching through online. And yeah, it's been actually quite successful. And I think we see this as an opportunity to kind of scale uh, beyond the Japanese or let's say Tokyo market. That sounds really exciting, like that this crisis created opportunities. So that, yeah, that's a really interesting, um, when, you, when you're explaining the details of what your business does, um, you're saying it's sort of between teaching English versus like uh, communicating skills in, in business and management. Um, if you don't mind sharing like on air, what would be like one example of like what, what, what would fall into that category? So I think something that's really, really important in communication, um, especially in English, is maybe it's more about, um, it's not just about the words, it's maybe how you deliver your messages, um, giving presentations in front of people, um, engaging people, having maybe logical, maybe structure, whatnot. And I just noticed um, that a lot of, let's say English schools or Akaiwa schools, really don't provide as much even when they say business, say Kaiwa, um, usually they focus more on the vocabulary that's used in meetings and whatnot, which is the thing that a lot of, let's say, Japanese people are worried about, their vocabulary, their grammar, their accuracy. Uh, but I, or we think that there's much more to communication uh, than that. It's more about how much confidence you have when you're speaking, how much experience you have and whatnot. And therefore, in instead of, let's say, teaching people um, input, uh, we're more of an 
output oriented kind of training school. And uh, yeah, and that's been, I think, quite successful. And we do have our, I guess, edge over the market. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something the Japanese market would need. And going along that line of thinking, so your average client is Japanese. What is one thing that you feel like when it comes to that communication skills that Japanese clients lack? I would say um, the biggest issue that most people have is confidence, right? People just don't want to make mistakes and they just get really inconfident. Their voice gets really small. They say, ah, that's what this is, right? Uh, that's what happens in the real business world. And I think Japanese people are, well, let's say Japanese business professionals are missing so much opportunity just because they're being very hesitant or maybe they're worried about a little grammatical or vocabulary error uh, when they're really, really smart. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I felt there was so much opportunity in this business because I've actually seen that firsthand in the consulting industry when I used to do a lot of, uh, let's say, global M&A-related projects. Um, I'd be in the project speaking on behalf of maybe huge companies and executives when I'm just a really young junior. And I was like, what's going on here, right? And yeah, therefore, I really wanted to help these people because Japanese people are really smart and they do have a lot of great ideas. It's just that they're really bad at communicating. So we've spoken a bit about your company, consulting, uh, but this is the Tokyo Alumni Podcast. So you graduated St. Mary's. I wanted to ask you if there had been any connections you've made through St. Mary's, you know, whether it's college or work. Well, yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I do still uh, keep in touch with a lot of my uh, friends from St. Mary's International Schools. But in terms of my connections with work, um, I actually have one St. Mary's alumni who was actually from my class, right, class of 04. His name is Takuma Nakamoto. And uh, he has actually become a director of our company where he's uh, managing uh, sales and marketing for us. And yeah, it's a very interesting experience to actually work very, very close to your one of your best friends, actually. Because I think um, a lot of people have, let's say, unsuccessful experiences uh, working uh, with very close friends sometimes because you have certain expectations um, as a friend and you can't really separate that with your professional life. Uh, but luckily for us, I think we've been able to maintain a really good relationship, uh, both personally and professionally. And uh, yeah, uh, so far, I think it's been going well. So that's, I think, that's one of my uh, biggest networks. So when you work with friends, and I mentioned, I, I think I've asked this question to a few people, what have been the challenges and how have you been able to overcome those challenges? I guess I think the biggest challenges is that whenever you face an issue or whatnot, or whenever you don't like something, um, there is the benefit of having someone that you're really close to, who you can really open up to, kind of discuss these things. But also because you are so close, um, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but um, you kind of could get a little bit more maybe uh, aggressive or maybe you could have a little bit more higher expectations for them um, when it's maybe not fair to do so. So I think managing those expectations and kind of communication styles um, and separating right personal and professional would be key here. Yeah, I think that's really cool that two St. Mary's people are working together in the same company. I think I have yet to work with anyone from ASIJ, but maybe, maybe in the future. <laughs> so um, what I like to do at the end is I just sort of pass the mic over to the guest and have them share with us what is to come in the months to come, the years to come, the decades to come. 
um, you know, what, what's going on with your life and um, if there's anything new, uh, please share that with us. All right. Well, um, as an entrepreneur, I think most of my mind is on the business right now. Um, and ever since COVID, because we've been able to kind of switch over our businesses to online, hopefully we can become, let's say, the biggest uh, communication training school and institution in Japan. And maybe hopefully even beyond, uh, maybe to Korea, other, let's say, non-English native countries. Uh, so hopefully we can be successful in that sector. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Awesome. I, lo I love that ambition. So going beyond the borders of Nihon and going international. That sounds awesome. Um, it was great having you on today, episode 12. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you around um, in soccer field or somewhere sometime who knows right where our paths will cross so again yeah, yeah definitely you. all right bye, bye.